irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. Listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio. Hello there, and welcome to All Things Therapy. I'm your host, Lisa Tahir. I'm a licensed clinical social worker practicing as an intuitive psychotherapist. And during this time where there is so much collective uncertainty going on in our cities that we reside in, our country and the world related to the coronavirus and COVID-19, I feel grateful and appreciative to be able to be a podcaster because as a podcaster, we have the opportunity to mitigate fear in a larger scale way. And the guest that's coming on today as well is going to help us with that as she is a mental health professional as well. And so I just want to invite you to um, to, to share this podcast if it resonates with you, to please subscribe to it. You can do that through iTunes or the various platforms that all podcasts are on. And the most accessible way to this podcast on all platforms is through my website, which is nolatherapy.com. N-O-L-A, the abbreviation for New Orleans, Los Angeles, therapy. N-O-L-A-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. And there's a button that you can select where it says podcast, and it gives you four options to listen from iOS, on Stitcher, uh, on an Android, etc. And I have been really listening to podcasts. I want to suggest one that helped me learn some information. It's called Making Sense. And the host had a guest on from Johns Hopkins, Uh, University to talk about coronavirus and why the quarantining is so important to get out ahead of it. And I'm trying to think what else I'm going off script because it's just such an unusual and unexpected time in our culture. And I really want to speak to your need. I'm trying to sense what is need today to address it with you and with my guest. And so nolatherapy.com, you can find, as I've spoken on other episodes, my book that's coming out on self-healing through empathy and forgiveness. I offer a class, an online class, to help you ground in some peacefulness and calmness, teaching you techniques like meditation, using a pendulum, crystal gridding, a morning routine, card decks. It's a psycho-spiritual type class where there are 20 tools that I teach you, and it could be something you look into during this time. And so I want to be of service. I have been really focusing on keeping myself in the highest vibrations of good mental health so that I am here to be of service. I have been doing and am doing phone, Skype, and FaceTime therapy sessions, please reach out through NOLA Therapy or email me, Lisa, at NOLA Therapy. There are links to schedule on my website, and it's just really important to be taking care of yourself and your families and your loved ones and your pets 
during this time. To add to the conversation, today we have with us for a second time, Dr. Arwen Podesta. She is the founder and owner of Podesta Wellness. And if you like to follow along online, you can find her at podestawellness.com. She is a board certified adult psychiatrist. She specializes in addiction medicine, forensic psychiatry, and she's an integrative and holistic doctor, which means that her emphasis is on your whole wellness, which is so important right now. She utilizes evidence-based therapies and techniques which include, depending on the person, medication, psychotherapy, massage, acupuncture, nutrition, lifestyle, and behavior modifications. And we're going to talk today how she is working with people during this time of quarantining. And I'm really excited to hear her take on what's going on in our world and how we can respond to it versus being reactive to it, versus being in the lower vibrations of fear and panic, which compromise our immune systems. And we really need our immune systems to be serving us and protecting us, especially when we need to go out to the grocery and and take care of some activities of daily living in between our, our quarantining times. Dr. Podesta, is also a clinical faculty member at LSU and Tulane Universities. She is the president of the Louisiana chapter of the American Society of Addiction Medicine. She's been the medical director of several addiction treatment facilities. She lectures around the U.S. and the world, and she is author of a book titled Hooked, A Concise Guide to the Underlying Mechanics of Addiction and Treatment for Patients, families, and providers. So welcome, Dr. Podesta. Thank you for being with us today. Lisa, thank you so much. Can you hear me okay? Yes, very well. It's okay, perfect. Great, great. Well, you know, I appreciate you doing this podcast and already being a podcaster as well. We have had uh, in the medical community just a wallop to our way of practicing and it was a transition that took on really quickly just in the past couple of days Yes, where we have moved to telehealth almost exclusively except for people that need in-person services. So I want to get into talking about how this affects our mental health and how we can stay connected through technology. We are in such an amazing position, I think, to be able to utilize the technology and the government has lessened some of the restrictions that were keeping us from using technology to increase access for people's health. So, you know, I don't think that there's, um, I don't think we're going to go back. There's a silver lining that we're going to have better access for people that are listening to the podcast to be able to seek treatment by people like you and me. Whereas they may not have been able to seek treatment before because of geography or location. So it's pretty cool. So what is telehealth, Dr. Podesta? Yeah. Speak to that. Yeah. So sure. So telehealth is the telephonic or or tele uh, uh, technology using, um, you know, something like Skype or Facebook or a Facebook Messenger, or any way that you can have video and voice conference with someone over the airwaves. 
so, you know, remotely. And so telehealth, we've been, we knew it was coming. We've been using it for a long time um, to get into certain locations where there's less access, but we've had these barriers, which are um, good regulatory agencies to protect people's information and protect people's privacy called HIPAA um, and something called 42 CFR for mental health and substance treatment. And so we've had these, and so it's really limited our ability to provide telehealth because there are some extra, um, extra uh, um, layers. I guess, of yeah, extra layers, regulations, yeah. extra, um, extra um, accreditation that one has to acquire before doing this. And so, because of the current emergency. Um, we that has been declared nationally, some of those layers are being peeled off yes. temporarily. But what that's doing is allowing, I mean, my assistant, my camera broke on one of my many computers where I've already done telehealth for years, but one of my cameras broke and my assistant was looking for a new camera. We can't find a camera anywhere oh. because everyone's doing it. So what this yeah. means that everyone's doing telehealth, which means there's more access for patients and for clients. So um, what, you know, it, what it means is we can see individuals and actually do real-time intervention and treatment, send in electronic prescriptions, you know, as opposed to having to handwrite a prescription, That's hand awesome. it to a patient. Yeah, and then even the biggest fear was insurance wasn't covering it because a lot of us, I'm a concierge doctor in one of my practices, which means that it's a boutique practice that I don't take insurance. I allow patients to bill out of network, but I don't take insurance. There's a lot more um, hands on, you know, handholding, but, um, but telephonically or telemedicine was not billable for most people. And so with the new regulations changing, at least temporarily um, in this current state of crisis, we are able to bill insurances for those that have, that already take insurance, for providers that already take insurance, which again, increases access tremendously. It does. Similarly, I'm private pay as well and a concierge therapist, and I've been receiving the emails that now the various insurance companies you can bill for telehealth more easily. There were some accepted it, some didn't previously. And I similarly furnish a receipt with the proper coding for clients to utilize for their insurance reimbursement. So I've been happy to see that change in the last, like you said, two days, very quickly, major insurance companies, Blue Cross, you know, allowing these things, the licensing boards allowing this explicitly so that people can get the services that they need from us right now. Yeah, and absolutely. And medication as well. Um, I am, I uh, speak, I'm sorry, I, I am a specialist in addiction medicine Yeah. as well. And so I've been using for as long as I've been specializing in this, I've been using a variety of um, of medication assisted therapies, particularly for opioid use disorder. Yes. And many yeah. people don't have the ability to write the prescription electronically. And so this has also allowed more people. I have been writing it electronically for the duration 
Um, but you have to have special DEA approval for that and more special regulation. And so this is also amazing for individuals struggling with opioid addiction because they are able to um, get um, their medicine without having to come in face-to-face, -face, increase exposure, and with all they have to do is go to the pharmacy to pick it up. And those medications are so important and so helpful. I imagine you're talking about like Suboxone and Subutex. Yeah. Yes. I've had yeah. clients, it's changed their lives in a positive direction to have access to those medications. It's so important. Yeah. I want to tell, is it okay if I go over a patient's story? I, Please. Um, yeah. She just... Gosh, and I just tell, I just did a televisit. We use um, we use a HIPAA-approved platform that we've used for about ten years um, at one of the agencies with which I work um, called ACER, which is stands for Addiction Counseling Education Resources, and it's in Louisiana. We've got multiple locations, but um, but she had been with us for a while and uh, in an intensive outpatient program and as a heroin addict, and she has also physical pain, fibromyalgia, also, you know, post-traumatic stress, also depression. And she just kind of dropped out of treatment a couple of months ago, and we were really worried about her. She, she was in an abusive relationship and ending that, and you know how much the immune system is weakened with all of that and how much the mental yes. health system is weakened. With all of that, like you said, on the low vi lower vibrations, not able not able to excel to the higher vibrations, and so she was in a rotten situation and um, ended up kind of dropping out of treatment with us and ended up relapsing. Um, she relapsed on heroin. She relapsed pretty hard. Okay. But one of the amazing things is I had written for the life saving opiate reversal medicine, Narcan. Yes. Um, and I had written for that and we, re we require, uh, we work with pharmacies and when they give the, when they give the medicine of Suboxone or Buprenorphine or Zubsolve, Buprenorphine is the generic, when they give that medicine to the patient, oftentimes patients will opt to only pick up that medicine, not their antidepressant, not their blood pressure medicine, not their Narcan for life saving, mm. but instead... Um, the pharmacies that we work with, we request that they require that they get all of their medicines. She got that medicine, Narcan as well, gave it to her friend. And when she overdosed a few, about a week ago, she, the friend had it and brought her back to life. That's a miracle, and then, Dr. Podesta. I know. So many layers, so many barriers oh. and anything could have just twisted. And I tell you, I saw her on the video chat just 45 minutes ago and was just so flooded with thankfulness of all yes. of the systems that came together to get her alive and back to us. And um, I think that unfortunately, you know, this opioid crisis has brought a lot of, a lot of systems to light, but we've had still some barriers because of telemedicine issues, because of pharmacy issues, because of medication, because of, you know, other critical pieces of the problem. And she coming to me today, today of all days, three days after, you know, we started quarantining our city practically, yeah. you know, she was able to come to me and, and, um, and I could see her on the video chat and get her prescriptions filled 
and be hopeful as she is also hopeful that she's going to, you know, live to take care of her children. Yes, that she has a chance. I appreciate you sharing that story because at this time, hope is really important to stay plugged into. And I'm just so grateful as well that your client is alive and on her healing path. And you were able to meet with her today and give her more of the tools to heal herself from addiction and make healthier choices progressively each day for herself and her children. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. So go on and then I'll say, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, so, you know, it's imperative at this time. I have a, uh, I'm on this listserv that I created for the Louisiana chapter of the American society of addiction medicine trying to really corral all of the addiction providers in my state in Louisiana to understand who is accepting new patients. And as we speak, I just got a text from a lot of the psychiatric hospitals are closing, the shelters are closing, there's nowhere to send anybody. Group, Group homes are full, but they're quarantined and they can't take anyone. So I was able to pull together a list which is my job after I'm off the phone, after I'm off the podcast today, of all of the locations in Louisiana that are in fact accepting new patients, both telemedicine and face-to-face. And there are ways to take precautions and we can do this. We just have to step up and use all of the resources available. That's wonderful. That's awesome that you're compiling that list today. So how can people reach out to you? I feel like it's important to address that earlier rather than later in our show right now. If they're struggling, how can they reach out to you? So if they're in the state of Louisiana and they need addiction treatments, then the easiest thing is to go to ACER, which is acercanhelp.com. So that's A-C-E-R-C-A-N-H-E-L-P.com. And that at least will get you into an interface with someone who can um, take, you know, take an assessment of whether or not this is the right level of care. Frankly, intensive outpatient programming basically from home is the only level of care because if hospitals are not able to take someone for acute residential care, then this is what we have and this is what we have to work with. But um, as far as as individual psychiatric treatments, I'm, um, my, my email address is on my website that you mentioned, podestawellness.com. And we have some therapists and nutritionists that are able to do consults and myself, it's hard to do an initial consult with me anytime soon because I'm backed up, as you understand, um, with waiting lists. But definitely there is a time to reach out. It is time to reach out. Yeah, I just got a referral today from a local uh, inpatient facility in New Orleans that's closing, and I'll be doing the therapy, the telehealth remotely with that client. Yeah as a result. And so something I mentioned to you, Dr. Podesta, between coming on the line is that is be going live, I mean, is that so my focus has been on having my mental health elevated to a high place so that I am available to be of service. And I right now I'm experiencing a lull this week and people booking it 
picks up next week. And I've just been kind of curious about that. Like what is going on? And as I've been talking to friends, my sense is people are kind of in a state of uncertainty and not knowing what to do. So when you think of the fight, flight or freeze responses, it seems to me like people are kind of frozen. And so, cause yeah. I've been asking the universe, like I'm ready, like bring me clients. I am in such a good place to be of service and give direction and be supportive. So I'm curious, what do you see happening right now with where we are and, and the COVID-19 pandemic as it relates to mental health? Yeah, I think that we are in a fight or flight right now. I think we're in the panic state. And rightfully so. We, you know, everything is changing drastically. We have, we, you know, we've been looking at this since since December, um, watching countries suffer worse and worse. And you know, public health officials and preventive medicine and uh, and and the leaders in that have been putting together plans. But the second we had someone hit our shores or have had someone that tested positive within our country, we get went into panic mode. And yeah. so be yeah. assured that the departments of health are knowledgeable, aware, and doing as best they can to avert the worst of the crisis, prevent, and then also treat. But unfortunately, there has been so much passing of information through social media, you know, um, uh, from one side, people thinking it's a hoax and from the other side, people thinking that everyone needs to wear a gas mask every day, you know, so it's, so it's, it's kind of, it, there's, there's so far on either side of the freak out and it's unfortunately being wielded politically, which makes it kind of spin worse. But nevertheless, I think that, you know, during a panic attack, when people are hyperventilating and really just very surface breathing and they're practically frozen, they can't make a decision, they can't act, they can't do, they can't get out of their panic attack. And that's how I see the country right now. So what you and I are doing and helping people breathe and helping people ameliorate their fear coming into a more um, uh, a, a more advanced level of thinking is essential. And so I think I'm predicting, and again, I'm hopeful based on this client, this patient that came in today, I, I'm hopeful that we're going to see a big relief in a week or less. The relief of that panic. I'm not saying that it's going to go away. I'm not saying that we still shouldn't be mindful and be, you know, take serious precautions, but I feel like we're just like, we're kind of like just panicking and stuck and frozen in this yeah. like fear fact, fear facing right now. I, I agree with you. And it, it renders a lot of people immobilized to be able yeah. to decide what is next besides the immediate have food, have toilet paper, and we're seeing the extreme of that with people hoarding supplies out of fear. And so being fueled from from uncertainty where our brains aren't able to make logical, rational, concise decisions. And so I yeah. hope to see as well a decline of that panic once people start to settle into being at home and the changes with work, 
train, you know, people that can work at home, being able to work at home. Some are, are not, are being paid to be at home and to, that's wonderful for those individuals and families. And then just once I think people kind of get a lay of that land, that they'll be able to decide how to cope with this just week by week. I know it's helped me, Dr. Podesta, just to look a week at a time. Like, okay, yeah. for this week, what can I focus on? And I, I sent emails to 500 clients just reassuring them that I'm here and available and they're on my consciousness and in my meditations and in my social media. I've tried to reflect a bit of humor, like to uh, to stay healthy. Like I walked to the CVS a couple days ago and divided the things I bought into two bags and walked home the mile doing bicep curls and shoulder presses. And <laughs> yes. So just kind of like something that's funny, but little things that I'm doing to cope and to handle on there's a there's huge change that we've had to just go with like it or not and how like last night I posted on my Instagram I'm going through old pictures I found a picture of me in high school when I was a blonde and so I've been encouraged yeah like people (laughs) my high school friends we did our first zoom like cocktail hour last Ah. night to support each other and ask how the our elderly parents are doing so I've been trying to combine disseminating accurate facts from legitimate places like Johns Hopkins, having guests on like you, and then sharing just some of what I'm doing. What can you add to that for people listening that might not have scheduled yet their therapy appointments, which could be helpful down the line? What do you recommend? I love that. I love what you're doing. I I am so pleased with, you know, Someone on uh, someone on some platform that I was listening to a podcast said that this was kind of maybe this is the world just telling us we have to slow the heck down, you know? Because I like a lot of my colleagues that are in demand and that are working from home, they didn't need to drive to six cities a day for the past year and put themselves under stress because they're doing the same exact work making the same impact without jumping in the car and feeling rushed and constantly, you know, and then they're, they're staying home with their dog, their partner might be able to have lunch with them every day. Like mm, just yeah. in the three days with this, you know, enforced quarantine, I think there's a, there, there's a, a lot of people are finding the reality that they were overdoing it based on this, kind of forced technology upon them. Like 15 years ago, we were doing the same amount of work, but without the phone and without the computers constantly at us. And so just by, I feel like we're streamlining yeah. and a lot. And it's, it's, I think a lot of people, like when I, I did, I did a full day of appointments and I saw people, some of them in their homes, some of them in their offices, but, but me via, uh, via a remote um, video connection and I um, have seen so many people with just kind of a, a freak out, but a breath of fresh, like they're feeling like they're calming. They're on those cusps to calming. And so I've been, for those that are using, for those that are in addiction recovery, 12-step meetings are online. They're yeah. such an amazing online community. Everyone's learning how to use Zoom to do family meetings, to do, you know, I we some friends and I, because here we are in New Orleans and 
our one of our big parades that I'm in is getting canceled. So we're going to do a, a video um, uh, Easter bonnet making party for awesome. you know a bunch of people that are interested. And then, you know, dress up and, uh, uh, and remotely, you know, I love why that. not? Yeah, exactly. Awesome. I know we can do remote fun. parade. I'm exactly. Is that we can still have fun and laugh yeah. and enjoy each other. And I think that's so important right now and even protecting ourselves from from becoming ill to really, you know, joy and laughter and happiness is a natural antidote to illness, whatever that illness is. When you just look at it, as I said earlier, vibrationally in the quantum physics of it, that the higher vibrations are clearer and, and vibrate at a different frequency than the lower, heavier energies of fear and panic and illness and disease. And as much as we can keep ourselves and our loved ones in those those states a more positive feeling and i think the love is coming through like i've enjoyed seeing dr podesta how in italy the canals have you can see the fish they're wild yeah. geese and dolphins in china the air is clearing because of the factories not being on for just the last several days that our planet like you alluded to stopped us in order for the planet to heal itself. And we're seeing those dramatic results in just a week. And it's awe-inspiring to me how quickly the planet is responding well to all of us stopping our routines. And I wonder what you think about that. I completely agree. And, you know, we personally, each individual human needs to slow the heck down and the planet, I think, is going to benefit greatly from this. I mean, just, I've had, I've already had nine trips canceled. You said I speak, when you were introducing me, you said I speak internationally, nationally. I was like, well, I did. <laughs> I had nine, and I, so I was going to be in, you know, nine different cities between two weeks ago and four weeks from now. Nine times where I'm on a plane exposing, but also using air travel, also, you know, having um, heavy carbon footprints. And mm. so that is not happening. And yeah. what if all of this excessive travel, non-essential yes. travel, and, and don't get me wrong, travel is part of my heart. I love traveling. Yeah, I, I do love, too. You know, but non-essential travel non-vacation oriented stuff where you have to go have a friend who's an attorney and she has to do all of her depositions face to face because of state rules. So she flies, you know, about three times a week all over the country and it drains her and all of her travels canceled. And I'm telling you, she is happy go lucky right now. She is, you know, exercising daily, like her mental health and physical health and the planet's health is improving because of it. That's wonderful. And Dr. Podesta, I'm thinking I need to give a shout out to my sponsors for a couple of minutes and then bring you back on. Sounds great. My first sponsor is a long-standing one, BetterHelp, and they are working in alignment with what we are experiencing right now. They are a HIPAA compliance and secure online 
therapy platform via phone and video. They have licensed professional counselors who specialize in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping issues, and you can book with them in less than 24 hours and do therapy from your home. Like I think a lot of people are going to be experiencing moving forward. And as my listener, BetterHelp offers you 10% off your first month. And to check that out, go to betterhelp.com forward slash A. TT for all things therapy. That's again, betterhelp.com forward slash ATT and take advantage of 10% off your first month to try them out. They also offer financial aid to those who qualify. My next sponsor, I'm excited to share. They're a newer sponsor and I have been using their product through flu season. And now this company is called Beekeepers Naturals. They make natural wellness products sourced from the hive of bees. And these are preventative measures. I have been using their propolis throat spray and it actually kept me from getting the flu at the end of 2019. It's natural. They source from bees. No bees are harmed. They are vegan. And as my listener, they offer you 15% off your first order. I really highly recommend that you check out their products. They have products for children and adults, and their mission is to reinvent your medicine cabinet and replace it with natural remedies that work and are scientifically based. So to take advantage of their 15% off to you as my listeners, go to beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash therapy. And that's again, beekeepersnaturals.com forward slash therapy. This will be in my show notes for you as well. And lastly, I have a crowdfunding campaign through patreon.com. If you enjoy what you've been hearing, today is episode 195. I'm committed to bringing you just the best people that I can find to bring accurate information. The motto of my show and mission is to change consciousness one conversation at a time. I invite you to check out becoming a supporter of my podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. And that's all one word. Okay, Dr. Podesta, welcome back. I'm so glad you're with us today. Yeah. It's very comfortable. I know, me too. Me too. And listen, I have given um, both of those, both of your sponsors, the first two sponsors, the Beekeepers Naturals and the, um, the Better Health, I've given those links to people in the past weeks just because they both are health forward and for people That's that awesome. are needing, yeah, needing home talk therapy. Speaking of that, I've, I was talking with a friend of mine who's an infectious disease a doctor here in New Orleans, and ma'am, he's busy, as you can imagine. Yeah. But he's also employing telehealth, and so he is, you know, in the past, we were not allowed to do telemedicine into people's homes. So it was a really interesting thing because we were not, if we're doing a prescription, especially, well, that's not entirely true, but there were certain restrictions. And okay. so traditionally, if I did telehealth, I would like telehealth to a, a, a clinic up in Shreveport where I had a nurse that was going to take blood pressure and, you know, do some basic physical stuff. And then I would transport via video in to see the patient. 
but the patient was in a clinic, you know, so I was seeing yeah. that in a clinic. And so that's pretty traditional and that's kind of been the way we've done it. But with the slackening of the rules and being able to use Skype and FaceTime this week, um, getting and, and, you know, with people being quarantined into their homes, quarantined into their homes, um, we're going into people's homes via video. And so the doctor, the infectious disease doctor and I were talking about how interesting it is that people look, you know, you see a different reality. You see what their home looks like. You know, yeah. when I'm talking with patients about sleep and they're telling me about their sleep issues and they can paint a picture while they're sitting in my office and they're wearing a suit and they've come from work. But yes. then if I see what they're, you know, if they have bright light coming in their windows or if they have, you know, five dogs yapping or that, you know, it's a different story and it's going to be so profoundly helpful for us to help people in their homes, you know, and it's just, it's overwhelming how much we've learned just by doing in the past couple of days. You know, it's great what you're saying because I've I have experienced the same thing. It can be diagnostically helpful to see, mm -hmm. you know, how people are living and how that relates to what their presenting problems or issues are. And I certainly don't want to put clients on the spot, like, oh, show me your house. But it's definitely come up naturally and organically that they'll even at some point be like, well, let me show you this and and then i'll ask well you know you're having trouble like you said with sleeping what does it what is your setup for for sleep and show me and so clients have the option to show us exactly what things look like in their living environments and it can really help us to help them help themselves so i really yeah. like what you're saying and appreciate that yeah yeah it's really amazing and you know you know in mental health one of the biggest there's, there's so many layers to people doing well mentally. You know, one thing is leaving the house and being with others and having, having social time because isolation and mental illness go together. And so during this time of, of quarantining, I advise just like you, not isolating, not socially isolating by doing things that are, you know, video conferencing, Zoom, Zoom cocktail parties, like you said, you know, yeah. um, standing FaceTime. on your porch, like, yeah, exactly. FaceTime, standing on your porch and talking to your neighbors across the way, yeah. you know, being, being social because my fear with, with going into the home and being able to take things into the home, my fear is that people who have mental illness and easily get stuck and frozen and isolate that, which makes it worse can get stuck, but here we are being asked to then, you know, video, video um, platform go into their home, which is actually even more useful. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting time because we have to really think about how we can not isolate when we're when we're keeping social distancing down. Yes, and Dr. Podesta, you just triggered my memory that I wanna share with you and our listeners and ask if you've experienced this. So here I am on one hand speaking 
consistently keep your vibration high, stay out of fear and in harmony. Conversely, when I went to the grocery the other day, it was an overwhelming experience for me because of the crowds and the lines, people coughing everywhere. And I felt some paranoia, like, oh my God, who has coronavirus? Like, and, uh-huh. and I started, I noticed, I observed myself going down aisles where there was maybe one person versus many, many like socially avoiding eye contact, not saying hi. And within five minutes, I caught myself and I was like, Lisa, wow, like the dehumanization that can happen when we are in public. So I made myself make eye contact and say hi. I mean, we're just passing people, human beings down the street. I had to remind myself to be polite, to greet them like a human being, not as a potential disease carrier. And it took me a good 10 minutes to really breathe, to just stop in the grocery and center myself and intend wellness for myself and everyone in that store. And just remember that we're human beings first and everyone coughing doesn't have coronavirus. And to remember to still be warm and say hi and not socially isolate in coldness and rudeness and disconnection. And I'm just curious if you had any experience or feelings like that. Yes, absolutely. I too had a grocery store experience recently and I did notice a lot of people and, you know, here we are in New Orleans, like everyone looks each other in the eye and everyone. <laughs> you know, uh, (laughs) and everyone uh, says hi and, you know, gives hugs. And so it's been, it's been kind of a, a, a a difficult thing for a lot of my friends to stop hugging um, and to keep their distance and even friends in the medical community that are having a hard time making that transition, but that's what it is. We have to make that transition and be safe, but keep that eye contact up. I did notice today though, driving home from my office, um, people, I, I have made a concerted effort. I used to work at unity for the homeless for many years, working mm. with those that were, you know, homeless and mentally ill. And, yeah. and it saddens me when people don't make eye contact and wave and greet people yes. that are on the street that are asking for help. Um, even if you're not giving them help, a smile is actually help. It's not a dollar or a, or a burrito, but it's a lot yes. of help. And so, as you know, where, you know, the part of town I'm talking about where you're driving by and there's a lot of people with, with waving signs. So I am always waving and saying hi, and I've, you know, recognized some of them and perhaps they do or don't recognize my face, but there were about 15 people stopping traffic in different intersections, getting out of their car and bringing food and bringing, you know, hygienic products to people on the street. And I haven't seen that in another disaster, Hurricane Katrina, you know? Yeah. So I think there's some reality to some really good people, good people skills and good people caring that comes to light during these very disastrous, concerning times. Dr. Podesta, yes to that. And I am seeing and have seen that these types of extreme circumstances they bring out more of who you are at the core of your being. If it, it bring and it's bringing out the very best 
in people and conversely bringing out the worst in others, the contrast. And we have choice over what are we going to allow to move forward through us and emanate from us into the world right now. And so it's been, that sounds so awesome, what you witnessed in New Orleans with the homeless being given food and sanitary products and how necessary it is to remember we are human beings first. And, you know, I have been consciously making eye contact, saying hello, because we need that so much right now in the absence of handshakes and hugs and physical proximity to at least acknowledge others that were passing by. And so I love you sharing that story. It reminded me of how this is such an opportunity to be our best selves in the world. Right. Yeah, it truly is. And, and, you know, a virus is a really scary thing. You can't see it. It's, it's hidden. You, like you said, when people cough, you don't know what's going to happen, whether you're going to contract it. The, you know, we're getting more and more studies that are being performed and we're understanding more and more about good, excellent treatment, by the way. Yes. Um, and there's good news. Unfortunately, there's also bad news with people suffocating and suffering from the disease and then succumbing to it and dying. And so, of course, it's something that we have to be very mindful and aware of. And I would like to launch into talking about acceptance and commitment therapy. Let's hear it. There's, yeah. So, you know, the, the key elements of acceptance and commitment therapy are just that, acceptance and commitment. Um, there's a, a great author who I follow, Dr. Russ Harris. He's Australian. And he wrote a nice essay called Faith. COVID. And it's actually, I'm just going to read through yeah. some pieces of it, if you don't mind. Please. Um, he has, he has six pages. You can find Faith COVID by Russ Harris um, easily, but he has six pages on it. But the gist of it is basically he uses Faith COVID as an acronym for the following. F, focus on what you can control. A, acknowledge your thoughts and feelings. C, come back to your body. E, engage in what you're doing. Mm. And you know, all of these are treatments. You know, this is basically mindfulness, mindfulness plus the serenity prayer, in my opinion, right? Yeah. And then, so, so focus on what you can control. Acknowledge your thoughts and feelings. Come back to your body. Engage in what you're doing. And then the commitment portion is COVID, committed action opening up values, identify resources. And then of course the D is disinfect and distance. Mm. And then he goes into great detail about each one of those. And it's just a really wonderful thing to read. I highly recommend looking at that, especially to walk through. I mean, I'm thinking about some of my friends that are healthcare workers and their children that are mystified and, you know, mommy is getting exposed every day and, you know, Mm. we're, they were putting mom in peril, right? And so they're hearing things from their friends. They're hearing things on social media. And so this is the sort of thing that I've asked a lot of my staff and my friends that have kids to just sit with their kids and go through this in great detail and use some of the, some of the um, suggestions and, you know, use meditation. Pretty great. Yes. So, so I want to add this resource to my yeah. show notes along with your website. What is it so I can... Google and then add it. Dr. Yeah, Russ, um, R-U-S-S. R-U-S-S Harris. 
Okay. Um, and he wrote something, he has a, a website also called the happiness trap, which is great, but that's not, he just, I don't think this is on that. So shout out to Russ Harris. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. He, he, it's real thoughtful. And I think commitment acceptance during the time of, of disaster, during the time of loss, during the time of anything, acceptance and commitment therapy, I think is such a, a really great tool along with vibration therapy and mindfulness. And, and if I'm going to, I'm going to um, mention the serenity prayer because I think it's so useful yeah. even in time, not addiction, but it's useful in addiction. Um, but it was, it was written by a theologian. Um, and it's, it was, it was not for addiction when it was initially written, but um, it's basically grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. That's acceptance, right? Yeah. Um, to the courage to change the things I can, and that's commitment to change, and the wisdom to know the difference. And so we need to sit with that, and I think that that's a nice, succinct, concise overview of um, a way that we can be to take best care of ourselves, our loved ones, and our community. I think this is such a beautiful place to conclude our show. I really appreciate you shining your beautiful light, Dr. Podesta, on us today with this information that that definitely feels meaningful to me as well. Thank you. I appreciate your expertise and um, working with you in these capacities. You're welcome. I look forward to having you on again, because I know you have some exciting work you've been doing that we kind of put to the side to focus today on the community's health and mental well-being. So I'd like to schedule to have you on later this year to talk about your work, yeah. your specific work. It's great. Yes, it's phenomenal. Some of the new tools I'm using. Awesome. Then we'll do that. We'll plan for that. Great. Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Have a great rest of your afternoon. Stay healthy. I will. You too. Bye. Take care. That concludes my show today with Dr. Arwen Podesta. Find her practice and reach out to her at, let me see, at podestawellness.com on Facebook at Podesta Psychiatry. Twitter at Arwen Podesta. Again, this will be on show notes. She also featured Dr. Russ Harris, and I will have links to all of that. I just want to thank you for listening today. I want to encourage you to take care of yourself individually, your families, your loved ones. Use this time creatively, like I shared, using the CBS bags as dumbbells to do bicep curls and shoulder presses. I also went through my credit report and found something inaccurate that I reported to have removed to raise my credit score. So I think I know, in fact, that we can use this time to go through old drawers, files, look at old pictures, and really redefine our relationship to ourself and what truly is essential and what is optional and find some deep peace and meaningfulness during this time. All my love to you, and I'll be back with you next week. Bye. You're listening to All Things Therapy with Lisa Tahi.